Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Channeling Ascensions. I am Sarah Troy, and my co-host is Christina Hill with her beautiful entity, Athella, and our guest today is Mark Antony. I do apologize for the sound quality. No matter what I do, I'm unable to rectify it. The content is wonderful. Please do stay with us. The, the psychic noise and uh, everything that is manifested from that and um, of course he's out there a great deal in all of the medias you've probably seen him on many many shows and we're delighted to have him here with us today sharing yet again another lovely perspective you're not going to see him on video just going to see a beautiful picture of him when he talks um but he looks quite good there you look great yes, in that picture with the nature behind you mark <laughs> well thank you you know uh, it, it was it was such a great day because that that picture um it, it's funny i'll go for a photo shoot and then they'll take all these pictures and they're like eh. that picture was a total accident oh, I, yeah I, yeah I, I was in seattle at the japanese gardens i know where that is I, I it's beautiful. Seattle. yes beautiful uh, yeah and it was just this incredibly beautiful day and i sat oh. down we were walking around and my shoe came untied and i was tying my shoe <laughs> And and my manager goes, hey Mark, and I looked at her and go, yeah, yeah. and she took the picture, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> so. And that's the reason I chose that picture because I just see kind of the glow and the warmth and the naturalness of it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we do get caught up in the professional photographs, and oh, yes. natural, capturing the moment in the light is really sometimes the best representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great picture, as you know, as we said, having you on the show before here, Mark. You know, sharing your experiences for the audience that hasn't listened to that show will you give us a little bit of your background so people actually understand who you are and where we're going today well sure uh it's funny because every time i'm introduced as the psychic lawyer eyebrows start to raise (laughs) because people tend to think that um you know well both of you understand the the prejudices and and the association stereotypes people make about psychics, you know, that we wear turbans, use tarot cards, and, you know, tell people what they want to hear. And then, of mm-hmm. course, everyone knows that that uh, all lawyers are sociopathic, vampiric, <laughs> blood-sucking, soulless monsters. And, and they go, well, how do you reconcile Whoa. the two? Well, first off, psychics Whoa. are human beings, and we have insights. And lawyers, believe it or not, most of them are pretty decent people. Unfortunately, the profession tends to draw a lot of very aggressive people to it. Mm. And truth and justice have very little to do with the system. It becomes, I'm going to win. And the other side wants to win, and so it turns into this very contentious thing. And let's face it, when you go to a lawyer, is it because, hey, everything in my life is going great, or is it because you got hurt, you got sued, you got arrested, you want to get a divorce? I mean, people generally go to lawyers when they're not having the best of times in their lives. Be that as it may, um, 
both of my parents uh, had psychic abilities. Uh, my mother was a very accomplished uh, uh, psychic medium. It runs in the family for generations on both sides. And, and, and I bet in both of your families there have been other psychics and mediums because mm -hmm. it appears from what I've seen and from the, the, uh, my colleagues, the scientists who study this, it appears to be a recessive genetic trait. In other words, like left-handedness, or like in my family, you know, it's my family, um, most people have brown eyes, but there occasionally is someone with blue eyes. Ergo, that's a recessive trait. So both of my parents had this recessive trait, and the likelihood then of one of the offspring inheriting the psychic and mediumistic abilities is increased exponentially. So... I came along, and at about age three, I start talking about the people and my invisible friends. And mm -hmm. the cool thing is, both mom and dad could see them too. So they're like, "Mom was like, oh, this is great." My dad was like, "Oh God," you know, because <laughs> well, his family, my mom's family, they were of Italian descent, and they looked at psychic ability as a gift from God, and they called it the gift of second sight. Whereas on my dad's side of the family, they were. Um, from Pennsylvania, but they were they were Baptists, you know, Northern Baptists, and they looked at it not necessarily as a sinister thing, but as something you don't necessarily publicize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't talk about it. And it's funny because my dad, he was like terrified when he was a boy. He used to have to go down to the the um, the basement and and uh, shovel coal into the furnace, and he'd hear these voices and these entities would talk to him. Now, you know, even as a, as a boy, he knew that hearing voices was not a good thing, and it used to disturb him. And then his mother always, she and and one of his sisters, Marjorie, used to have quote unquote the girls over for bridge on Thursday afternoons. Well one time he said he was about thirteen and he was listening through the door and they weren't have playing bridge. They were <laughs> conducting readings and seances. And dad was like, Oh my God, you too and, and so then you know they talked about it. it's really kind of funny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and permission. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so so when he got out of the Navy, um, he met my mom at a USO dance and they like totally clicked right away. Way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they dated, and she said, well, there's something you need to know about me. And he's like, oh, dear Lord. And she goes, oh, is, is, you know, like, is this a deal breaker? He goes, no, I, I kind of do this, too. So so I grew up in this environment where seeing spirits and, and, and getting intuitive feelings about future events was not an unusual or a strange thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, having been raised in the Catholic faith, I really wanted to go into the clergy, and I don't think it's unusual for, for those of us with psychic abilities to be drawn to, to the clergy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to do something with it. But I found pretty quickly that what I felt, what I believed, and what I knew radically conflicted with the unnecessary rules and regulations of a dogmatic belief system. How's that for being diplomatic? Okay, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so the Catholic Church had too many rules, so I ended up in law instead. Go figure that one. I guess karma, you know, karma figured, okay, you're going to do that. Very contradictory. So, so that is basically it in a nutshell. So here I am. <laughs>
Right. And, you know, I love the fact that, um, you know, your parents, you know, both had this and the cloak and dagger of it. You know, you say that at the age of three, you know, you um, you came into realization that you were, you know, talking, quote, quote, to dead people. I loved that movie Signs. It was like, yay, people alive can kind of get it. I grew up that way as well. But my family couldn't see them and I couldn't understand why they couldn't see them. How come I could see them? What was, you know, I didn't kind of click that there was something different with me. I just thought there was something wrong with them that they couldn't see them. But it is uh, something that you can't necessarily talk about with other people because, you know, the old uh, white coat's coming to take you away, haha. Um, Although you're just an oddball or there's something wrong with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's very confusing because, you know, why is this happening that feels so right? There doesn't feel anything evil about it. There doesn't feel anything wrong about it. The vibration is so beautiful. But um, other people are so judgmental, and obviously it must be the devil talking to you. Yeah, it, that gets really tiresome. Um, people say, well, it's in the Bible. And I, I respect everybody's belief system, but, you know, people, people I, I love it when they say, well, you know, mediums are not of God, and they quote the... Uh, uh, the passage, I think it's in uh, Leviticus. Leviticus and Deuteronomy, if you want to find uh, a way to judge somebody or a moral justification to cast the first stone and really really get on somebody's case, Leviticus and Deuteronomy are the books for you. Um, and it's hilarious because people will say, well, I'm a Christian and I don't believe that because mediums are not of God. And it's like, when's the last time you had bacon, ham, or sausage? Or pulled pork? Well, I had bacon for breakfast and pulled pork for dinner you know that's an abomination and according to leviticus and deuteronomy that is evil and you must not do that oh by the way has your daughter ever been menstruating when she walked into a, a house of god well what that's it well she's supposed to be put to death for doing that and your daughter if your neighbor works on the sabbath he is to be put to death okay so if you take everything literally that means yeah. let's say your neighbor won't be anybody left yeah, there wouldn't. Let's say your neighbor's a real estate agent and he showed a house on Sunday and he comes home. This means you're supposed to go over and shoot him in the head. Okay, look, we, we know, we know that that's not, um, people are not going to do that. And the problem is that in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, um, if you look at uh, don't eat pork, eat kosher, in a pre-refrigeration society, Eating like um, kosher Jews and the way the Muslims do will keep you alive. You don't eat pork because you won't get trichinosis. You don't mix shellfish because it spoils. You get food poisoning. You don't put dairy on uh, plates with other food because of the spoilation. Kosher salt existed to preserve foods. So there is a logical basis for that. Where it gets into mediums are not of God is that, well, we've created this belief system and we don't want anyone developing a personal rapport with God because you need to come to God through us and us only and if you don't then you're gonna go to this place that we invented called hell and so that's why um, while I respect other people's belief systems the afterlife God uh, eternity is so far beyond these these um, dogmas written by men for men to subjugate women and keep men in power um, try you know how they depict it I mean I mean look at how women are treated in the Bible look at how Islam treats women look at how Judaism treats women I mean for the for the most part 
dogmatic belief systems, men are the primary uh, gender and women are shoved into second class status. Submissives, yeah. Uh, well, which very, is yeah, it's very it's very human mind driven. All of it. All of this yeah. I'm talking about is very egoic based. You know, it, it shows certainly shows the evolution of thinking mind over the course of, you know, the the millennium. But but really the the I think the thing that we're touching on here is that we're looking towards stuff that's created with human minds and from human perspective to describe something that is beyond and that, that we can't really describe using language, something that's in the fifth dimension and, and higher dimensions even. I, I don't believe that there's a book that exists that could accurately depict or tell us about this quote-unquote afterlife, if we even want to call it that. I, I don't believe that there is. I don't believe that we can even really honestly have a conversation about it. It's something that we can feel and go into with our non-egoic self as an experience and we can touch that that eternity it's it's the quality of that and i'm i mean mark you understand this sarah you understand because we do this in our own process but it's important to say too that while also respecting everyone's beliefs those are beliefs that's exactly what they are they are thoughts they're texts they're things that are created with the brain the human mind uh, which has in my opinion, has nothing to do with, with uh, the afterlife or the ethereal, you know, the, the energy realm that we're talking, the overtones of, you know, the upper echelon dimensional realm it doesn't have anything to do with something that we can think with our head. We try, right? Because we're, we're having this conversation now. But certainly I feel that it's, it's in experiences, when, when we're touched with ex- these experiences, that we have these openings and we cannot explain it. It's, uh, it's something that we, we touch yeah. and we feel, but yet we can't, we can't really you know, describe it with the human brain. That's my understanding of it. It's very hard to actually explain it to someone who ha- is not or has not experienced it, who is not open-minded enough to allow it to, for that experience because every single one of us channels, every single one of us has these experiences, but people deny them. You know, um, the thing like deja vu, we've got this feeling you've met somebody before, or there's something that's, you know, speaking to you, not quite sure what it is. But because of, you know, the teachings and the dogma and, and the restrictive thinking of how you should, and if you go out of that realm, now you're, you know, going to the, the hell side of things, you know, we're, we're restricted in their thinking. And of course, that was by design. Keep human beings in this nice little pen and don't allow them to open up to what really is out there because that beautiful energy that we tap into, the messages from people who have gone on, left body, is actually what it's all about. It's who we are. And that connection is as normal as it is of us talking right now. But, you know, people are so fearful from it, from what you said earlier, Mark. So how do we get people out of that thinking and trust that 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 message they had from Uncle Joe that passed over 10 years ago is actually real, you know, because it, it, when you open up those channels, all sorts of people are going to come through. Yeah, they are. Um, and, and I think that Christina did a very good job of articulating how it's very difficult with our human ego-based brain in trying to understand something that's beyond our, our five physical senses. Mm. And... You know, our perception, our brain is the 
product of a finite mechanism. In other words, the human brain, which governs our five physical senses, is finite. Yet our soul, our spirit, the electromagnetic energy that operates within our brain is infinite. So we're trying to understand infinity through a finite um, perspective. Yeah. Albert Einstein I said it best, I think. He said, trying to understand infinity in the universe is like a four-year-old walking into a library. And the four-year-old sees all the books, knows that there's things written in the books, knows that somebody wrote the books, but doesn't understand what's in them. Yeah. So we can know that it's there, but that doesn't yeah. mean that we understand mm. it to, to, to a, um, well, to a great or a level. Um, like or know, meant to understand everything. Or meant you know, to understand. We, we're not meant to understand every book in the library. You know how we talk about when you need to know something, you can walk into a bookshop and there's a book that's going to speak to you? That's what you need to know in that moment. So it's the same with the library, it's the same with that beautiful library in the universe. When you need to know something, that sense of knowingness, and you open up to that knowledge, you will know what you need to know when you need to know it. This thing about we've got to understand every book in the library to actually understand the meaning of life, you know, codswallop. You've just got to understand which book is for you at this present moment and open up to the knowledge. Perfect. Yes. I love that. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very good way of looking at it. I, I, if I may, I, I mean, I, I want to interject this too. I have this, I have this bouquet of flowers here. Today I, I was looking at it and you can see the life emanating from it, right? So as, as I look at this, I'm just going to put this here in the camera so we can, isn't that beautiful? Yes, look it is. Look at that splendor. I mean, that, and, and we're really looking at the tinges here at the very end, every single petal being so different and unique, and you feel the aliveness behind it. But what happens then is, is this crumbles away, right? It turns into another form, and then goes back into the earth, basically, as organic material. But the essence of it doesn't disappear. And I feel like today's, in today's you know, session, guided energy flow that we're doing here, is like we're talking about something that is eternal. We're talking about our, ourselves, the true self, and that, the th that which we cannot describe that, that floats up and out, ejects. When the body is done, what happens then? And, and like what that is, because there's a, a lot of fear. There's so much freaking fear that keeps us in these fear waves. And I, I just feel like there's a re-education of soul that's happening on the planet now where we're coming at it like we're eternal and just like in nature. Nothing ever goes anywhere. Like everything is always Nothing's wasted. Yes. Nothing's ever wasted. And we it's don't ever disappear, right? We, mm -hmm. And we can't be, we, we must calm ourselves and be soothed. And I feel like this is why Othello's work has been so pertinent now on the planet is to, to help, in sort of in a grandmotherly way, right? To mm -hmm. soothe our central nervous system and our nerves and to, to present some calming energy so that we can step away from the fear shadow that says that, you know, that we're just done for when, when we leave the body, that death is an ending, that there's suffering, all of these stories associated with it, depending upon how we were raised and how we were conditioned. When, when in actuality, we, we can look to things like the, the plants, our animals and things to, to help us, assist us in connecting to our oneness. 
while we're still in the body, right? We can practice that death before you actually die. Yes. Which is a great movement. It's a great practice to do this so that we're, we're able to take our passage, our transition, much, much more fluidly, much more peacefully. Well, we're going to have many, many deaths in our life before our transition. And the transition is just ex exiting the vessel and taking the spirit on and either we come back or we're out there or we become guardians or maybe we ascend higher. It all depends on what level we're at. But we're going to have so many deaths along the way because there's a death of a situation, a death of a lifestyle. You know, maybe something else has happened in your life to bring an ending to something. And if we stop being so fearful of each end of that chapter, and just rather look more excitedly to what the next chapter is going to be in our book of life, you know, we won't be so fearful of everything around us. Because when we, we are exploratory creatures, when we decide to be, look at life as an adventure, we then open up to all of these things. And, then, you know, what you're talking about, you know, I talk to dead people, Mark, is, uh, oh, you too, what does yours have to say? Imagine yeah. that beautiful conversation if we opened up to this. Well, we, and, 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 I could not agree with you, you more, Sarah, but, um, and I want to say this for the listeners who may not be as familiar with, with afterlife research and spirit communication. Um, yes, life is an adventure and we should not fear death, but for people who are suffering with uh, depression and suicidal thoughts, we certainly don't want to encourage them yeah. to... Yeah to intentionally cut their lives short because going through the difficulties and the depression and the bad times is it appears we're supposed to be doing this and the reason for that is that on the other side when we when we leave this body we transfer to a higher frequency and we go we, we revert back to a purely energetic state energy never gets old, never gets tired, never gets sick, um, it never gets depressed. Mm -hmm. And it appears that we come into a series of incarnations on this, in this particular dimension to experience things that we cannot when we're in purely energetic form. Mm -hmm. So even though you may be sitting there and you feel that your life is like you're sinking into a tar pit and everything is miserable and depressing and terrible, in the bigger scheme of things, there may be a reason why you're going through that. Now, I'm not being callous about that because, you know, I mean, the joke I make is the problem with depression is it's so depressing, <laughs> you know, because it's just, it's debilitating and it yeah. makes it very difficult to enjoy life. And, and certainly those who are suffering from it should seek professional help with, with medications and counseling to, to learn to cope with it. Um, so, so coming into this existence, is not necessarily supposed to be all peaches and cream. No. I mean, it, I mean it's real easy to watch the royal wedding. All right, I, I have to admit, I was watching the royal wedding. Group of us got together and we're sitting there, and uh, this one lady said, "Wow, that's every girl's dream, but it's her reality." And then we're thinking, "Yeah, but once the pageantry is over, 
there's still life, okay? So it's easy to look at, like, Harry and, and uh, what's her name, Megan, Megan. Markle or, or uh, William and, and Kate Middleton and think, isn't that wonderful? But then again, for them, they have the curse of being intensely famous. I mean, it's not like they yeah, can just go... Yeah, they can't just walk down the street or say, oh, I want to pop in there and have a tea or a coffee without the paparazzi and everybody being all over them. So for whatever reason, those people are dealing with that. And we saw like somebody like Princess Diana, how incredibly destructive it was to her life. See a lot of these movie stars, uh, film stars that turn to the drug addictions and the problems because they, they can't cope. Margot Kidder died recently. Lois Lane. I mean, my gosh, she played Lois Lane to Christopher Reeve's Superman and then she found out she was bipolar and ended up living on the streets. So, we go through these these series of lifetimes so that we can experience things and it appears it appears that it has some type of relationship to the frequency that we go into on the other side. Hmm. And, and, and so... And, and my understanding is we go through a series of lifetimes until we're done with this planet. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we go wherever it is we go, but the, 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 uh, the journey of life is that energy is never created nor destroyed, only transferred. So yeah. we transfer then to another dimension and begin a new cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course, uh, a fellow that um, may or may not uh, join us today, she, it's always up to her, um, actually is an entity that is not from Earth, um, and but she's chosen uh, Christina as her channel to speak right. through, and, uh, you know, she comes in, and she's uh, she's a really a no-nonsense person, and she gets a li- even a little bit more frisky every time she comes through, actually, it's really interesting, um, and, and kind of, you know, talks to us of where we need to be, and, but, you know, one of the things, and you talked about depression, and I'm a person that suffered through it through life, it's always been a bit of a challenge, but what is depression? It's a feeling of hopelessness, of not being able to see the future, not understanding where you are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's feeling trapped. And if we had that thread of those keeping those channels open, finding what is it? Is it meditation? Is it with nature? What is it that opens up our channel? And, and step into that channel when we feel like that. Mm-hmm. We're keeping that door open. Because when your door, open, uh, door is open to that universal energy, it then floods in. And then you can see more clearly the path that is before you. And you're more able to walk it because the clarity is there. So I think it's, this is again back to our chapters of life. Don't give in to the feeling that you're in at the moment. It's an invitation to open up that thread, that channel. Because this, this is just one of your obstacles that you've got to climb over. And I know I've been there. I know how despairing it is. I know how crippling it is. But... I learned that I had to make myself proactive in order to get through it. You can't go around it or under it, go through it, so that I could actually understand why I was there or even just immerse myself in the other channel. So I think those are our chapters in life. What we get through is how do we go through something? What do we learn from it? What knowledge do we apply on our journey of life that also can help others along the way? For me, that's what the meaning of life is, the experience, so we can ascend to that higher vibration. Hmm. I I, want to chime in here, too, is ascension to the higher vibration is is possible no matter how down in the depths at the the very Mm -hmm. lower rung you have been in. And I'm a testament to this, too, as well as Sarah, and I think, Mark, you, you may also identify with this, too. It's like we get to these 
you know, troughs, these places where we're in a crater and, and it, we're up at, you know, to our eyeballs and, and there's depression and addictions. And I mean, t- coming from the, the background that I've come from, you know, you really feel like you've been through the gamut of all of mm-hmm. it. And in my sense, my understanding of this, this game that we're in, the, the life game, is that for us, it's important that we look at the spiritual core root cause of what it is that are going on. Some of the, you know, the, the addictions especially, uh, you know, having been formerly addicted to all kinds of things and, and fear, you know, phobias, fears, all kinds of freaky, weird fears of everything, and having been paralyzed and crippled by, by you know, violence and, and just ungodly things, unspeakable things, is like we're going to get to the core spiritual lesson and as Sarah suggested, we, we go through it. I think it's important to mention, too, that as we're in the thick of it, it is very important to realize that we're going through an, a very important spiritual lesson. And that may sound like unicorns and fluffery, but honestly, coming from someone who's been there, if you look around, you're going to see signs that, okay, I'm going, this is a spiritual situation that I'm going through. There are lessons here that I need to learn uh, and, and I actually feel, well, when I met Othella, she healed my mind-body. I had disease in the body, you know, was mentally unstable, was institutionalized, homeless, and had no place of my own, no family, and was shunned by my family because of my gifts, and that's a whole other show. But really, the, the gist of it is that, like, absolutely addicted to pills, alcohol, sex, all kinds of things, all at the same time, and I tried every single recovery group, every single pill there is to take. And I still couldn't find any peace, no reason to live or stay in this body. So for people who have been there, I understand that completely. Mm -hmm. You come at a crossroads and you're just, you feel as though you are done. So it's important to say too, that from my experience working with Othella and as a child even, when you exit the body early, you do take on whatever it is, that you have, you take that with you, whatever yes. suffering, pain. Yes. The baggage goes with you. Exactly. <laughs> so there is no real strategy for exit, whereas we feel like, okay, I'm going to get out of this now. I'm just going to check out. It's actually um, a myth or some, some kind of urban legend that the people, it's a farce to say that you're just going to get out of the body and then not carry it with you. But in fact, if you can go through it, you know, and find your way, your methods. I, I believe that there are plenty of methods out there that do not call for medication. There's plenty. We're, we're learning so yes. much in science about retraining our brain, neuroscience, neuroplasticity, all of it, and the spiritual component added to that. Powerful. We can absolutely resculpt and reshape our life. And, uh, and in doing so, we can step into our higher ascension, our higher self, and see it as a spiritual walk because that's what it is. That's what it is. We we also and, have and, and with with the help though. Yes. I mean, you have a fellow's help. I was just going to say that. We yeah. Have help. <laughs> and that's the thing, Margaret. You you've communicated with many people. You know, from quote the other side, just of for the sake of actually understanding life. You know, out of body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you do it a lot in your work, Mark, but what about your personal journey of, of the communication to people? Do you have somebody that's, that walks with you through life, that guides you? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, I've had, well, I have several spirit guides, um, but there is one in particular that's been with me my entire life. Mm. And I refer to him as a he. <clears throat> um, 
it's it's rather long and complicated to explain this, but I describe him as an angelic entity. And I've seen him in one form or another my entire life. And then I remember when I was meditating, um, it was probably about 15, no, but more like 20 years ago. And he came through and I said, wow, you look very familiar. And he goes, well, I should. <laughs> you know? And uh, um, I can only describe him as, as an angel. And he explained to me that we have many, you know, spirit guides, but we have one in particular that's with us from womb to tomb. And the other ones will sort of switch out over time. And I, I simply refer to him as Francis. I, I don't know why I call him Francis, and I asked him one time, I go, well, is that your name? He goes, well, that's a name you can relate to, because what and who I really am, you couldn't even begin to comprehend, much less pronounce. Uh, yes. I've like, heard okay, this before from a fella, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The names are well, for us. They're, they're the for names us. Are for well, what was funny is one time I was home alone, it was near Christmas, and so I had a Christmas tree, and I thought, well, I'm going to meditate in front of the Christmas tree. I thought, how cool is that? So I turned off all the lights in the house, it was just the Christmas lights, and I'm meditating, and all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I feel Santa Claus walks in, wow. and then it morphs into my guy, and he goes, well, it is Christmas, <laughs> and I started laughing, and I realized that angels have a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. You know, they have yes. a sense of humor. I know, people think they walk around like strumming harps. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and the same thing with spirits, they come in like, oh, it's, you know, when a spirit communicates, they bring with them personality traits, yes. likes, and dislikes, identifiers, so we can yes. figure out who they are. Um, it, but it doesn't mean they still have their hang-ups and neuroses and all of this, but we could define them through that. Um, I had a hilarious situation. I was doing a group reading in New York City, and there was this elderly woman on the front row, and, and the, the evening came to a close to said any questions, and the woman goes, I want a reading. I didn't get a reading. He didn't come through. Why the heck didn't he come through? And all of a sudden I hear in my mind's ear, I had enough of her when I was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, what did he say? How did he say it? She goes, where the hell is he? Oh, my goodness. Tonight wasn't the night he was supposed to make contact. And he was just going so on and on and on. And, and it's not that he didn't love her, but it, it's like... Um, he didn't feel it was necessary to make contact. Also, a lot of people uh, that don't experience communication with a loved one after they pass, sometimes too much desire. I want this. Mm. I, want, I want, I want, why don't they come through? Yes. You know, they put all angst in. That doesn't open doors. It closes <laughs> channels down. <laughs> it's like during a reading when I um, get evidence, and I don't know how you guys do it, but, but I'll say, I'm getting this. Does that make sense? And I tell people, avoid going directly to no, because no, 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 no. All it does is creates negative energy, because a lot of times you need to reflect on it and think about it afterwards. And then, of course, then there's the people that overanalyze everything. Something comes in, and they hyperanalyze it to the nth degree. Yes. If it hits you right away, that's it. If it doesn't make sense, make a note of it, and then you can hyperanalyze it after the reading. Um, it, it, I, like I was doing a reading uh, recently, 
and I started seeing a bunch of gold coins. And I say, does that make sense? No. Are you sure? No, 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 no. And then 10 minutes later, I start seeing Argyle socks. Now, how you know, weird is that? I go to Argyle. No, 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 no. I know when I'm getting good stuff. Okay, I know when I'm getting good information, so I just let it go. And then a couple days after the reading, I received an email, and the woman said I was going through an old dresser drawer, and I found this Argyle sock filled with gold coins. <laughs> it belonged to my father. And I'm like, hey, does he have one for me, too? You know, so, <laughs> and, and, almost, and he goes, this is great. And it's like, not only did she get validation, but what a wonderful surprise, you know, for her to find. Um, you know, and that's why... During evidential mediumship, if you say things like, I'm getting gold coins, instead of shooting it down, say, well, let me think about it. I'm getting argyle socks. Instead of laughing or making sense about it, you know, making fun of it, let, let it lie because it very well will unfold and make sense later on. And, and I'm sure we all have lots of examples of this. I get this yeah. a lot in medical. I tell people, you need to get this checked. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I get an email, oh, my God, you know, this, you know, was the problem. But you can't, you can't receive, you can't come to people like us for information and then dictate how the information should be given or what information is given. All we're doing, you know, is we're, we're that conduit, that channel, we're bringing the information to you from that higher realm. Um, for it to make sense, you have to let it sit with you. It's now for you to open up your own psyche, let it sit there, and the realization of what it means will come to you. But the human condition is always to dictate. No, I want it this way. No, it's got to say this. It's got to do that. You know, where's Prince Charming? I'm not interested in the Argyle socks. I want the man that went with it. You know, the whole thing is, is get out of dictatorship. And I actually yes. have a feeling that we might be having a fella coming through in a moment. Because Christine is getting into poise there. Yeah, I'm seeing it and feeling it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to, to follow up on that, Sarah, I love what you said. Um, people that start dictating to me, well, usually because my staff handles organi um, organizing and scheduling the readings, we have a way, I have a way of doing things. When they start dictating terms, and you will do this, and you will do that, and you will do it for this, and you need to do it for free, and you need this, and it, we don't even schedule them. We just let right. them go. Yeah. Because then during the reading, they start acting like that. Okay, we have a fella here now. Yes, there is a barrier. Good for you, true soul, to hold up the gate. Only those that are needing the information and are open, open in the heart space and are willing to accept that the result may not fit with their agenda. Those are the ones you sit with. And those that can open their hearts with gratitude rather than expectation energy. The expectation energy, I believe this is what we are talking on. I see this in humans. You humans, you ask and demand. You place demands upon those that cannot be seen, and the universe, presumptuous. Allow life to dance through you. Allow the information to be funneled to you and accept it as is. Take the information, gauge within yourself if it is true. If you illuminate within, 
the inner lights of the Christmas tree go on, you will know it is true. If you sense it is wrong, toss it. You don't need it. We have these conduits here. Those who have volunteered to be of service while in the human vehicle during their time on Earth. They have opened themselves up. It is very much like opening up bed and breakfast. <laughs> Come on in. Stay. And I will share with you all of my goodies. When you are rest, when you are satisfied, full, then you may leave, taking the experience with you. Psychics and mediums, those who have chosen to be conduit for channeling, they have opened their house. Please respect them, humans. Know that if you cannot speak to Elvis or to Janis Joplin or at the drop of a hat you cannot speak to your dog who has transitioned, this is all because it is not the time. It is simply not needed and it may go against your human brain agenda. This thing this phenomenon of beings, light beings, angels, you call them archangels, angels, spirits, those who have transitioned. This thing exists whether or not the brain believes it. The care of the body for those that are conduits is very, very important. It is paramount to care for your own house, to put up the proper gates, and to have gatekeepers. And Mark, I see you have attended nicely to this. Good system, good organization, good barriers, and to take care of the self. All of you are doing so well every human walking in its own way at the bottom of it all humans they just want to feel love and secure you are safe humans you are safe nothing will happen to you even if you pass out of the body you are still safe and loved Spend as much time as humanly possible in love's vibration. You know how to do this. I love you. You are surrounded by light. There is no need for complexity. Just feel love. Feel this light. Another lovely teaching from a fella. Yes. Thank you. Oh, that was great. Loved it. Oh, lovely. Thank you. And Beautiful. what 
Well, you know, what Othello said, Mark, you know, it is the people around you. We, we have to put certain people or barriers or boundaries around us because, of course, when you are channeling that lovely divine entity, it's not the other side quote, the energy that we need to worry about. It's when we open that up, it's the people who wish to use that for wrong reasons that we need to protect ourselves from. And so how do you, Mark, protect yourself before you go into a a session? Um, Well, I always meditate and I pray. And um, I always do this affirmation. I'm a clear channel for God's love, light, and, you know, peace, love, and light. Mm. And and the way I do it is... um, Remember, you know, on Star Trek when they go on the transporter and that beam <laughs> yes. light, I kind of envision it like that. You know what I mean? Beam me up. Yeah, like this beam of white light, or you can envision it as like a shower head, but it's oh. white light instead of water. I, I prefer yeah. the transporter myself. Yes, um, very good. Yeah, so I envision like the white light going through me, and uh, and uh, when I meditate, I envision white light cleansing all of my cells, and mm-hmm. and uh, I do that, and I ask uh, God, and see, I use the word God, but a lot of people like to call source, spirit, whatever, whatever you want to call. Actually, Mark, we, we have uh, Reverend uh, Charles Edwardus, who came up with a beautiful terminology. He calls it Gus, God, Universe, Spirit, Whoa. which I love the terminology, you Gus. put it all together. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to uh, call it, and I ask, you know, I ask God uh, to send forth spirits for the highest of purposes to bring messages of love, healing, and resolution. Mm-hmm. And I would say that 98 to 99 percent of the time, the people I work with are just a joy to work with. Mm-hmm. It's that one to two percent that that um, no matter what you do, they're going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of. Um, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time, was the Monty Python movie, The Life of Brian. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, he eats the soup on biblical ethics, and so Brian's yeah. walking through the streets, and there's all the beggars, and, and one of them goes, coins for an ex-leper, coins for an ex-leper. And he goes, ex-leper? How did you get to be an ex-leper? He goes, well, I was sitting here minding my own business, earning a living, and Jesus came and cured me. And he goes, he did. He goes, yeah, now I'm out of work. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, he goes, well, why don't you just go back and ask Jesus to turn you back into a leper? He goes, well, a leper, a leper sees rather a pain in the ass. So I was thinking maybe he could be a limp or something like that. And he goes, all right, well, here, and he gives him a coin, and he goes, half a denari. And uh, Brian says, wow, some people are never happy. And then he looked and goes, that's just what Jesus said. And that uh-huh. is the most, that's the only really serious line in the entire yeah. film. So and um, I had the honor of seeing John Cleese, and he was talking about that. Yeah. And he said that um, they could not get funding for the movie mm-hmm. because the BBC wouldn't give it to them. And, other, and they said this is sacrilegious. And the ex Beatle George Harrison happened to know somebody with the Monty Python group and he took a look at the script and he says I really like this he goes I'll come up with the money for it on one condition they said what he says you can make fun of religion all you want but you cannot insult or make fun of God Mm -hmm. and that line right there just really brought it home they're they're, they're spoofing biblical epics and people took it in context but what it was is that some people are never happy with anything. No. I mean, I, you know, I did a reading for this woman, 
and her son came through. It was beautiful messages. A week later, she wanted another reading, but she only wanted 15 minutes because she needed to ask the following questions to clarify this. And I tried to explain to her, this is not texting or instant messaging. I know. We don't text the other signs that you will tell us yeah. And, and then, you don't know what's going to come through, right? That's true. No right there. You have no right. idea. And I, right. And maybe her son won't show up next time. And then it'll be like, well, you're horrible and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, it, and then she demands another read. And I say, I, I, I want people to wait at least six months in between readings. Mm -hmm. because, and that, for the listeners, that's how you tell a fraud medium yes. and, and a parasitic psychic when they convince you that, there's a negative energy attached to your org field, you're mm. haunted, you're cursed, and you need to come four to five times a week yeah. at $500 a clip to get rid of this nonsense because I, that's nonsense. I couldn't agree more. I, that is yeah. absolutely. And, and, well, no matter what, this woman will not let up. She wants her reading sooner. So finally, you know, uh, my assistant said, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're going to have to cancel this. Oh, it's all about money with you. Well, if it was all about money, we would have been saying come six times a week. And right. those were telling you, no, I don't want to do this because nothing will satisfy her. Okay. And it will like, never be the right answer that she's looking for, right? Yeah, it won't be. I mean, I was doing a reading for this one thing. She goes, um, well, I haven't heard the one thing that I will know. I've heard that, that as well. My yes. son. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, the 50, the five zero facts that are right on point. His name, what he looked like, what he died from, what you had for dinner last night. I mean, all of this stuff. Yes, but we had a secret code word. And it's right. like, so when you put that, I want, I want, I want, you, what you're doing is that desirous energy. And it's just what, uh, Othella, is that the... Your, your yes, that's Othella. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what Othella was, was talking about is, is like the positive energy. But when you go in and pollute it with, yeah. I want this, it... You know, it's like, yeah, I, I really wish. And then when the, the cynics say, well, until a medium wins the lottery, I yes. won't leave them. Right. Well, no one wants to win the lottery more than we do, so we don't have to put up with people. Okay? But this gift is not to be used right. to go to Vegas and pick out what roulette number is going to win. Yes. Or I mean, and I certainly put it out there if my mom or my dad on the other side just happens to want to give me the Powerball numbers, I promise I'll do good with it. <laughs> yes. But I also know that that is not what this is about. I also, was, yes, I, I, mm -hmm. well, let me finish and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Spirits couldn't care less about no. money. No. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, Christina. Oh, sorry. Yes. Well, I want to follow that up too. I think spirit is for our evolution spirit is for us and spirit is waiting for us to tell the forms of life right money car relationships you know the life that we're living spirit is waiting for us or universe is really waiting for us to place our order and wants all those things like abundance is our birthright so we're not here to suffer and be limited and to have all these ideas sacrificial things that's yeah. a, that's really those are the old paradigms that were given to us you know, from, from our caretakers. And it's not, it's no one's fault, as Othello says, there's no one to blame. It simply is that we're now in charge of our lives. We're in the driver's seat now. And the forms, they come and go, just like, you know, the body is a form. It's going to come and go. 
and the, the money and things like this. But you touched on something, Mark, I wanted to say. When I went on Coast to Coast, I had a colleague that I was working with when I first met Othella. And they had, there was a bunch of people that flew in from Berlin and all over to come and see and see me and meet with Othella. And they kind of poked and prodded at me to find out about what level of trance I was in or what was really happening, what was going on, because Othella would meet with people and say things to them that they needed, information for them, and it, or healing, on the spot, direct healing. And so when I was working with this individual, we went on coast to coast uh, with George Nori, uh, and, and there was... Uh, the, the partner that I was with at the time, the one who was, I was working with, was really dead set on winning the lottery and utilizing Othella to, to make this happen. Now, nobody else knew about this, but when we were on the show, I, I felt like this was something that one of our listeners was, was going to call in and ask about, and sure enough, they did. And so the question was brought up, you know, if, if this stuff is all real, why can't, why don't you go and move that chair? You know, actually, Othella has moved a chair, by the way. I have two witnesses who saw it. But it was something that, it was a test, and it was something that she wanted me to see doesn't require any effort or energy. There's no, like, force. You've got to sit there, telekinesis, yeah. and bend your mind and all this strain that it's effortless. The universe is effortless, and spirit and our guides, they actually don't care about moving things. It's like piddly-doo for them. They're not, they're not here to it's prove not, anything. It's not for entertainment. Right? That's no. the thing. This is not for, it's really for the, the raising of the vibration of the planet. So I had, I figured that out the hard way. I started working with this individual not knowing and then figuring out, oh, you know, the intention that was set here is someone who's really wanting to, to have personal gain. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. It's, but it's, if when, we, when we put our ego inside of that and that the wealth becomes who we are and that is our driving force, that, that's where the line is crossed. And I, yeah. I've seen that with other people, other clients, not so much these days, but when I first began, there was a lot of that where just people coming in from, from all places with these ideas of, I want this, I, I would, you know, I'd like this, this and this. I didn't get this, so therefore that explains You're not real. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, I feel like that's a phenomenon now that's in, in my work now these days. I don't see that as often. I feel like the global consciousness now is, is growing. I have a lot of, lot of high hope for humanity. I really do. People are changing now. They're catching on to this. Yeah. And they're realizing now, becoming more awakened that the, the primary of our existence you know, is, is to be in this high vibrational place all the time and to have that continuity and to learn and to have fun and to grow and to experience and taste life. To be open then to have information flood in as it's appropriate and needed, but not to go in and say, I want, want, me, 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 right. me, me, I, I, right. I, I, you know, all in the yes. ego yeah. game. Well, the, the thing about abundance and enrichment is that it is of the spirit and the soul and the heart. When you step into the enrichment and the abundance of heart, soul and spirit as one, you are not only connected to the universe, your channel is always open, but you're always enriched. Now, it may not match your bank account. In my case, most certainly not. But it's okay. It will be one day. Whatever I need will be provided. Mm -hmm. But I feel incredibly enriched and abundant in what I do and who I am and what I stand for and what I have got to give because mm -hmm. this is my gift to give. And as Mark is yours, Christina, yours is yours. Mm -hmm. When we choose to step into and embrace that beautiful purpose 
and understand the service of it to mankind and that you are again part of the orchestra and creating that beautiful symphony now you really actually understand what that true cosmic vibration is really all about and the answers that you get to the questions that you don't even need to ask are always going to be there we have to get out of our human condition and embrace that spiritual spiritual divine presence that godness that is us and then we will actually understand what we are talking about anybody can do if they can get out of the human conditioning of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, Mark, you've seen a great deal of this. Oh, I, I have. I have. And, you know, yes, the world is changing, but there's still a lot of resistance and there's still um, a huge segment of people clinging to uh, dogmatic belief systems that are incredibly hostile to anything uh, that we do. And then there's the religion of, of atheism and cynicism, where people tell me, well, you can't talk to the dead. And it's like, by all means, please explain to me your vast understanding of the afterlife and how it relates to electromagnetic energy on the quantum field. And they're like, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's like, well, I can't understand it, so therefore it doesn't exist. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's part of what we're always going to have to put up with. Um, I, you know, I don't. I, it's I when, think when, when people is... are ready, the teacher will arrive, right? When, you know, uh, people are coming to you twofold. One, I think, is to truly open up and want to really hear the information and accept what you're saying as a gift. Mm. And then other people coming with an expectation for you to fulfill something they want to know. And if you don't, then you're not the real deal. And, the, you know, that's... That's the thing is step into your gift, keep your volume up on your gift. And those that really do utterly understand, they don't need to know how it works. Do we know how our cars work? We know we have to put oil and gas and and other fluids in it to, to make it go. Do we know every mechanic about it? No, but we trust the vehicle when we get into it. Why can't we trust these other vehicles? We don't need to understand everything. All we need to do is step into it and allow and allow it to happen to us and allow it to to receive from it without this dictation agenda or prove it to me. Yes. Well, what's, what's interesting in, in the field of near-death experience studies, there will be somebody who has a near-death experience and all of a sudden they become famous, uh, they make a movie based on their life and everybody believes them based on this one subjective experience even though I believe that because I've had a near-death experience both my parents did and I I am a firm believer in the reality of near-death experiences but they they will be uh, given the red carpet and told that oh my gosh you're just amazing and then the three of us are considered kooks because we talk to spirits on a daily basis and you can't do that we cannot make these things up I mean people tell me you're cold reading I'm like oh really so I was doing a reading for a woman and her husband's spirit came through and all of a sudden I saw an octopus I go octopus and she goes, oh, my God. 
that's always a good sign when you're doing a reading. And I said, okay, what's up with the octopus? Because, I mean, he's like, you know, sticking this octopus in my face. She said, well, we used to live in Belize, and we lived on a canal. And one morning we came out, um, and we had this tank that we that overlooked the canal. We'd catch lobsters and put them in the tank. And one morning, an octopus had climbed up out of the canal and was grabbing our lobsters. Do you think that's what my husband's referring to? I said, well, unless you have another octopus story, I'm... <laughs> And it's you laughing, you're laughing, and all right, now, if I was a puppy, all right, everybody's had a puppy at some point in life, but how many people have an octopus story? Why in heaven's name would I throw out something like that, hoping to get a hit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know with I know with my own readings because I read in a totally different way, and I don't really do it much anymore um, because my life is too much immersed on this radio station, interviewing wonderful people like you. Um, but when I used to do the readings, I would just say, you know, I'm a map reader. All I'm doing is showing the paths before you, the options that you have, um, you know, the possibilities that lay there. It's still your choice to walk it, and this is the thing I think you're imparting information to them that can either clarify or lay a path before them or you know clear something up or open up their mind to something but they still got to take the ownership of taking the action or understanding where it goes further this you know like handing them a kit and saying it's all built it's not the way it's not what we're here for is it Mm, i couldn't agree more yeah and there's also a a piece that i i feel like mark what you're touching on as well as sarah is the piece about the individual's willingness to work mm-hmm. through their own process to open up all their channels and the more open the individual <laughs> right it makes yeah. sense right then the more we're able to connect there's more kinesthetic connection it's it's more visceral and then the quote-unquote reading because what i do is not a reading and with othella it's 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 unique it's different from this um, process that we're talking about here everyone does it differently right yes that's but your gift it, we, yeah. yeah we can we can go into this well, experience with with uh, our channels wide open i think when we have clients like that because the people i work with are extremely motivated they're exceedingly open mm-hmm. and it's like if i'm not then what do I got to do to get there? And I, I'm going to really, I want to change my life. I want to transform in a metamorphosis on every level. So Athela has healed people. She, her thing is healing. So she does a lot of healing on physical bodies, emotional healing, and otherwise, and releasing. But a lot of the information, too, that comes forward is, again, it's not based in entertainment. And it's also not on our timing. So it's, it's really no, literally there is like, no timing. Yeah, the, yeah for, there is exactly. no timing. It's now right. time. Oh, but I yeah. want to know this. I need to move up my reading. I want this. <laughs> yes. And if I don't get the answer to these three questions, yeah. that's, that's the problem. And then people get yeah. annoyed when, you know, when my yeah. assistant or I will say, I'm sorry, but we're not going to do the session. Yeah. Right. You don't I come agree. in and start issuing directives sure. of how this is going to happen. Right. right. You know? yeah. and, and, you know, um, yes. a lot of people, they start this, how dare you charge money to do this. Oh, yes. A real medium would do it for free. Yes, well, a real medium doesn't live under a bridge, okay? Right. You know, Been we, there, we, done that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. and, and um, I, I wish I could, you know, I was on Coast to Coast, and George Norrie asked me, well, don't you think mediums would do it for free? Uh, kind of kind of have more legitimacy and and I knew I said and I know George well enough I knew that he was he yes. was like you know and I said well George 
as nice as it would be to slide down a rainbow on our unicorn in the <laughs> public of Kumbaya, where everything is free, where the free sunshine makes the free vegetables grow, and people harvest them for free, and the trucks that ship them for free, and the stores that sell them for free, let alone the gasoline, which is a gift from God and comes from the earth, is free, and the house that I live in is free, and the mortgage company says, well... It's a gift from God, so you live for free. I said, unfortunately, we do not live in the Republic of Kumbaya. Yeah. And he goes, all right, Mark. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get, yeah. what I was going to say. You know, it's like, and, and I remember there was a period of time in my life when I was practicing law full time, and I was doing readings, uh, like on Thursday and Friday afternoons in my office. Uh, for people. That was interesting because my secretary would be like, she had two sets of uh, yeah. uh, calendars, one for the mediumship, one for that. And I did, I did <laughs> read well. I, I did them for free and people, um, here's the response. Well, that was interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, also, it became very clear to me that when I, when the door opened and I went on this path that this is what I had to do. And I had a medium in England explain to me, he says, you know, they're not paying for your gift, they're paying for your time. Yes. Because if you weren't mm -hmm. spending your time with them doing this, you would have to be spending your time doing something else to make a living, and people need to respect that. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but, but you always get the, you should do this for free. It's like, really? What church operates for free? Right. Yeah. Yes, I, I feel yeah. like the paradigm shift that's that's I mean, it's already taken place within you, Mark, is clearly I mean, you have that uh, now you have that shielding, I guess, is the best way to say it. That just says, well, you know, this is the way that I operate. And there's a very clear understanding within about the exchange of time and service uh, for for because it is it's an exchange of energy and money. And we are I don't even hear that kind of stuff, though. It doesn't even come into my field of consciousness about the it's, it's still, it still comes into mind obviously because you know i've just yeah i've still got i've just started you know charging uh, people to do shows and it's just an administration fee yeah. because each show especially with the videos it's four and a half hour process mm. and if you cannot respect that time that i'm putting into it with an administrative fee then maybe we're not on the right channel and i shouldn't represent you mm. you know because it's in it's been very interesting i've had some people on here that are very big out there in the name very big and on tv and this and that and when i said i'm now charging an administrative fee oh no i can't do that all podcasts mm. or all things should be free mm. uh, again why you know, why? So, you know, obviously it means that, that, you know, that vibration is going in a different direction. And this is something that we have to look at. I mean, it kind of is sad because you really thought that person was on that same vibration. Mm -hmm. But if they cannot see that respect, then obviously they don't value your time. Yes. So this, why are you giving it? Mm -hmm. And that's something we really have to learn, isn't it, Mark? Why are we giving our time when people will abuse it? And if they can't pay for it, then they obviously, you know, don't well, need it. Energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred, and money right. can be viewed as a form of energy. Mm -hmm. So if you won't mm -hmm. spend yours, how can you expect me to expend Ex mine? Mm. Exactly. Completely. Thank you. Completely. Thank you. I, yeah, yeah, We and we as soon as we decide, really, because that's what it is, it's an inner decision that we're going to reprogram ourselves for wealth consciousness <laughs> rather than lack consciousness or scarcity, then we've set ourselves up 
really well for life because life is for us and life doesn't care yeah. if we say we're going to be in a lack limitation consciousness or if we're going to be in a wealth limitation or wealth consciousness you know it, it doesn't matter to life life is simply going to arrive and give us the situations that we're on the frequency of i find that it's really cool to the cycle the water wheel that the yeah. money it happens that as we're giving it out because othella has a philanthropy program we we give it out and then yes. what comes in comes in as well and there's enough for all so this belief that there's not enough there's just not enough for everybody and we've got to be stingy or greedy or you know squirrel away our our money right. so that we hold on tight is actually a constriction too i think that's another great show to do as well is, is like you know the the water wheel of of wealth consciousness and how mm -hmm. actually allowing it having that trust and faith allowing it to go out knowing that we're attracting clients that are coming to us that are in the same consciousness as us is a great business model. And then, of course, we give, you know, and the water wheel goes, it churns like this. Well, the, well you know, good vibrations rise, right? And, and then yes. people who are in that, you know, good vibration want to be part of the dance, Yes. you know, part of the music. And so they're going to rise up their vibration and, and it's going to be a contribution, you know, back to that symphony, back to that beautiful orchestra. And when a band gets together and they play in sync, in collaboration with one another that's the music they're bringing to us that elevates all of us so it's what it's about yes. well uh, you know and in, in in a practical sense people don't realize what an energy drain making connections with the other side is to us and I, you know like i'm on you know when i go on tour and i'm on tour right now and people say will you be doing uh, private readings can you do one for me before you go on excuse me i'm going on before several hundred people and i'll yes. probably do like 20 or, or more readings and they think you know they think it's just like we're like a pez dispenser that we just turn on the little little tic tacs of psychic you know here's my and, thing and it's like a battery, it runs down and then it must be replenished and we need some downtime and people cannot be expecting me to do a reading the morning after I do a major event right? because it, it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful gift. I thank God every single day to be the custodian of this, but it is a mentally and physically and spiritually training and that's not a negative thing. It's like, it's like, that's like expecting, all right, let's say Michael Phelps just, you know, um, did a whole Olympic meet and expecting him to pop over after that and do another hundred laps in your pool so you can watch him do it. Right. So we need to understand we need to recharge. Like I had a, a friend of mine who, who uh, uh, is an attorney and uh, she said, oh man, I really want to see you. I want to get a reading in. and I know you got a two-night event, so how about the day after the first event? I said, um... This is like asking you to do a week-long jury trial and then after um, lunch throw in another trial before you go back to it. She goes, oh, my God, I couldn't do that. I go, and, and that's exactly what it's like because when we're in the zone, and it feels yes. great, you know, because we yes. get that oh, yeah. wave and, yeah. and it feels great and all that, but what happens is, it's, it's an in, incredible um, surge of electromagnetic neural activity in our brain. Okay, so basically we're cranking up our brain. Think of your brain like an engine, and we're running it at full throttle. And you can only do that 
for so long before your neurotransmitters deplete and you become physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. And then you need time to recharge, relax, and then you can do it again. Mm -hmm. So these people that, how dare you charge mm -hmm. money and you yeah. need do this and wham, 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 wham. Like, and one person one time go, well, you should just do this for free because it's a gift from God. I said, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I work in this department store and I'm in customer service. I said, well, that's a gift from God because you have to put up with difficult people who demand and want things all day. So please give me your boss's name and I'll call him or her and tell them that because what you do is a gift from God, you're going to work for free for the next eight years. Well, I can't do that. I've got blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's the same. I go, oh, yeah. but it is. It <laughs> is. But it is. It is. And we're honoring, we're honoring our, our own gifts. So as we honor ourselves, that energy goes out, just like you were saying, Sarah. You know, energy begets more energy at that yeah. same quality and height of the vibration that you're putting out. So the, so the output uh, during your tours, I, I really commend you and applaud you then, Mark, that you are taking measures and precautions to, to keeping yourself cocooned, really, and in this serene space so that you're feeling freed up and not taking on, you know, these, these, uh, these requests that, that I hear. It's, it's an education well, for the general public, an education point. Respect. You know, respect. We've been, we've been given a lovely gift, but we also got to remember something else. The universal energy. When you talked about the quantum physics of the energy and the particles, that energy is infinite. It is, it's magnitude is way beyond our human consumption. When that energy comes through us, our bodies can only take so much. This organic matter can only take so much before it is basically depleted. You, it comes through, the energy goes out to everybody, but then the body needs time to recharge because we can't we'll operate on the same universal energy in this organic body. So you have to allow that downtime. You have to allow that time to rejuvenate. Otherwise, you burn out. We've seen this over and over again with people. Know your parameters. Know when to say no. And that's when you do get up there and do what you are here to do. You're going to do it far more profoundly and more in tune with who you are. So many people make that mistake when they first start out. They think they've got to keep giving, giving, giving. Sure. Well, what happens to recharging? The little child also, the little child, uh, Mark, you know, in you, it's, it's also something to be said, which, which is not often said, actually. It's not common knowledge, this at all, that we need to recharge at the level of child, too, and allow for play and stretching, you know, and getting fresh air. Goofy. And, yeah, being goofy and silly and, and, you know, just being a goofball and letting all that, you know, that energy, because, of course, when we're, when we're active, we're activated and we're, we're in our channeling states, we're, we're also, of course, opened up completely. We're, we're opening ourselves up in ways that we can't even describe. Mm -hmm. So we, we, it, we take on... You know, and we could very well go through a, a mini movie or these impressions that come for me, they fire in through impressions and I see them and then collectively come together or I'll experience it on the body level. However you, you process information, also that needs to be, you know, discharged. Downloaded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then the little kid yeah. needs to come out and go, you know, go skateboarding and have an ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and what people, you know, um, and, and the reason that I say that, you know, we need the downtime, because when I do 
the public events or the one-on-one -on -one readings, I want to make sure mm. that I'm able to give the mm -hmm. best yes. reading possible right. for the recipients because it's also a quality control issue. You know, because sure. I want to think like, I need rest and I need money. It's like, well, I have a staff, you know. People <laughs> say, oh, well, you know, you get all over the country and on these book tours. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Publishers do not pay for your book tours. Mm -hmm. Unless your name is J.K. Rowling or Stephen King, <laughs> your publisher yeah. will not pay one cent. All these book tours, I have to finance and then I have a staff mm -hmm. I've got people from New York to LA and that may sound ritzy but guess what they don't work for free either <laughs> you know and, and so yeah. you've got to, you got to keep this going because yes I you know I have this this uh, service this ability that I'm providing but unfortunately we are living in the material world and we have to have to deal with that I think it's um, very fortunate that we live in the material world I, I believe that, again we need to we need to help people along here on this journey with abundance because there, there can be literally so many paradigms about so many negative statements and feelings and thoughts that we hold about money that that cause us then to to get into it with people when really in fact this is really life life is abundant and you know if you could step into that abundant nature then there's more than enough for everyone there is no limitation placed on us whatsoever I mean, we work with a team too and I've, I very rarely ever have ever had someone ask it about, I mean, one or two people, yeah, like, oh, you work with an angel, well, that should be free. But really, you know, on the whole, I take the opportunity, actually, I ride the opportunity to share with people about their abundant nature and, you know, abundance in all forms, not just with money form, but also that they know that, that what they're uh, communicating with, even the people on, like, social media, I'm sure we've all had this on mm -hmm. social media where they feel like you're indispensable like the the pez dispenser right like the, you should be there to answer their messages or something like so i have people who do that now for me but i try as much as i can to get on social media myself it's just interesting though to see how people sometimes i think just a little bit of more education or as you say sarah respect and that goes a long way with them and they really oh okay yeah this person parameters parameters Everybody needs those parameters because if not, you're going to get chewed up and, and spat out. Mm. And so we have to honor the vessel that we're in because that's the gift that's been given to us for us to channel through the work that we do. And for anybody out there listening, and you'll see Mark doing the work he does, or Christine or Renathella doing the work they do, understand it is a beautiful divine gift that they're giving. And, you know, it is something really beautiful for you to receive. But understand that it does take energy. It does take a great deal of everything from them. Don't ask them to do anything else. They wouldn't. They're in their divine purpose. They're in their beautiful gift, doing what they love to do because they've been chosen to do it. But that doesn't mean that it has to be on 24-7. Everything needs a downtime to replenish, to renew. And again, if we don't step out and have our little fun time, mm. um, then what we do is we become what we're here to do and we've lost ourselves along the way and that everything is about a balance. So having said that, Mark, my dear, where are you next? And, um, and uh, how do people get hold of you? And if they do want a reading with you, how do they do that? 
Well, thank you, um, Sarah. My website, evidenceofeternity.com. Uh, that way you can find out about my summer tour schedule and uh, sign up for a reading. And please, uh, if, for those who sign up for a reading, it says kindly read this entire page before filling out the form. Mm -hmm. Kindly read this entire page before <laughs> filling out the form. Because what happens is people skip it and they ask all these questions that were already answered in the form. Um, because it will let you know, um, you know how I do things. Also, you know, I'm a medium. I'm not a fortune teller. Uh, right. You know, people yes. are looking for that. Um, but um, this, this, uh, I'll be at the uh, um, United Metaph Metaphysical Church of the Palm Beaches, June 1st and 2nd. Um, I just kicked off my summer tour this weekend at Aquarian Dreams in Indy Atlantic, Florida. Then I'm going to Palm Beach. Then um, I'll be headed to L.A. And then I'll be going to the Unity of Dallas in July, along with the Vail Symposium in Vail, Colorado. And then I'll be doing a Circle of Light um, at, for heaven's sake, in Denver. And I'll also be at the Spirit Symposium, Love Never Dies, in Carlsbad, California, on August 19th, and that's a really special event. Uh, I'll be speaking at the Afterlife Research Education Institute in September, and also over Labor Day weekend, I'll be at, uh, in Seattle at the IANS, International Association of Near-Death Studies, their 2018 conference. So that's just a few of the events that I'll be at, and uh, if people want to find out about that or scheduling a reading with me, please visit evidenceofeternity.com. Also, to see your books, Evidence of Eternity, Never Letting Go, you know, catch your books there as well because there's an awful lot to discover in there. And I also invite people to come back here to selfdiscoveryradio.com. Simply put in your name, Mark Anthony, and uh, you will see the show that he's done with us before. And I really invite you to come and listen to that because we talked slightly different subject, more in depth of how, um, how it came to be. And Christina, let everybody know how they can find Othella. Yes, you can find Othella and myself at othella.org, that's A-T-H-E-L-L-A dot O-R-G. And you can come to a retreat, you can take the leap, come into a retreat and join us at the pyramids, the Mayan sacred sites. We go to underwater caves and we do meditation retreats. Um, we also swim with the dolphins, go out in the kayaks and really change and transform in these intensive, power intensive retreats. I also have a three-month coaching and channeling program that Othella and I run, which is basically your fast track to changing your life in whatever form you want to change it to, um, rerouting these neural pathways. So there's a lot of neuroscience that's, that's plugged into that. Or you can just have a private session, sit down with your guides, learn about your guides that are always around us and never leave us and learn about uh, how to channel. We have an online channeling course. The first part of it's free, and you can get all of these goodies on our website. And I'll also say that the movie that Othella and I are featured in, Tuning In Angels and Aliens, is coming out August 8th, 2018, and it's gonna be piloted for Netflix, I believe. So you'll be able to catch that. And we have a trailer now that's up on our website. It's a, it's a little teaser there that you can see. And I welcome you all. If this resonates with you, if Othello's Light has been healing for you or someone you love, definitely come in and, and check it out. We also have free meditations and YouTube channel, all that good stuff. It's all at Othello.org. 
Excellent. And uh, don't forget here, folks, selfdiscoveryradio.com. Share the show. You know, there's other people that need to hear it. And, of course, what's coming up for us, too, is that we're now diverting off to our nonprofit organization, Self Discovery Community. And you're going to be seeing some beautiful people that we interview contributing to a new book, an author's book, which will also be a fundraiser Mm -hmm. to afford the services from the wonderful people that we interview for people who can't afford them. So lots coming up. And, uh, Mark, thank you so much much for being with us here today. Thank you, Mark. Oh, it was my pleasure. I look forward to coming back. Uh, you guys are a lot of fun to work with. So sweet. Wonderful. Well, it's all about those good vibrations. It is. Uh, High vibrations is. today. This And, and yeah. I have to say too, Mark, you are a very funny guy. I really like your sense of humor. <laughs> you know, when you, when you grow up in, uh, uh, as a little kid that sees dead people in an Italian yeah. Catholic family... <laughs> I bite. Sense of humor. I mean, you know. The only way to survive, right? Yeah. I always say it's hard enough being a kid, but when you're a weird kid, it's even harder. Oh, yeah. It takes one to know one. Definitely. Oh, yes. We're all from the Twilight Zone, folks. Imagine if you will. Well, thank you, Mark. And of course, Christina and Othello again. And of course, we're back next week with the with the Reverend on um, uh, um, Reverend Charles Edwards um, with um, our identity, how to actually identify our beautiful souls and spirits. So, come back to us at Channeling Ascension here on Self Discovery Radio every week, folks, and you'll discover some other beautiful, illuminating knowledge to lift your spirit and soul and heart. So, thank you very much, folks. Until next time, bye for now. For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcasts and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.